Good morning, everyone. I said good morning, everyone. How are you today? Man, God has blessed us with a beautiful day, considering what's been going on in other parts of the country. And I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina. I was born and raised in Wilmington, North Carolina, where Florence just hit. And so I've been in daily contact with my family about the hurricane, and they're doing fine. Uh, they, they went without power for, for quite a while, but uh, others have had more challenges than they faced. You know, as I thought about the hurricane, uh, Cynthia was asking me, uh, what are you going to preach on on Sunday? And I couldn't help but think it's time to preach on the wise and foolish builders. The wise and foolish builders. So that's what we're going to talk about today, the wise and foolish builders. And I just want to begin by assuming that everyone in here wants to be a wise builder. That there are no foolish builders in the Lord's house today. Is that right? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? So let's, let's pray together as we get started. Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the many things that you've done to show us how to live. You've been a, a light to our path. God, you want more than anything for us to experience life to the full through your son, Jesus, who is the foundation of our lives. We thank you for his example. We thank you for the power that you give us to imitate him. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. The wise and foolish builders. So we're going to uh, look at uh, Matthew chapter 7. And in Matthew 7, we're going to look at both of the parables that Jesus spoke concerning the wise and foolish builders. And here in Matthew 7 and verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And then over in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 46, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things, and do not what I say. I will show you what he who is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. What does Jesus say? This is not difficult to understand. He said, the wise build their house on my words. 
The foolish build their house on the things of this world. It's not difficult to know how to build or what it takes to build your house on the rock or to build a house that will stand the storms of life. It says, he who listens and obeys, and we've got to understand, it's two parts here. It's not just hearing the word. Am I right, church? But it's also doing what? Obeying the word. And that's the most challenging part because we hear all the time. And see, the challenge today and the question today is, what are you building your house on? Now, you might ask, Sam, why are you going to ask that a question like that to God-fearing, Bible-believing, committed, devoted, disciplined men and women of the Lord God Almighty? Why are you going to ask true believers what are they building their house on? Because I know us. Because I know what we're like. And just because you started building your house on the rock doesn't mean that you continue to build your house on the rock. And every now and then, we need to be reminded that we need to go back to the foundation of our faith and make sure that you're not just coming to church, that you're not just going through the motions but that you are building your house like the wise man. You're building it on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You're building it on God's Word. That just because I attend church doesn't mean I'm building my house on the rock. Don't stop coming to church. But church alone doesn't mean that you're building a solid foundation. Just because you got baptized doesn't mean you're building your house on the rock. Thousands of people get baptized, but along the way, they take their eyes off of Jesus and they forget that you weren't baptized to follow people. You were baptized to follow Jesus. That your foundation, am I right, church? Your foundation is to be in Him. And even good God-believing people like us sometimes neglect the Word of God. And we think because we studied the Bible all these years leading up to now that we can begin to be undisciplined in our devotion to the Word of God and somehow remain strong. does not work. You know, the faith that you built in the 90s is not going to sustain you for the 2000s unless you keep drawing near to God. We've got to make sure that we're building our house on the foundation. A lot of people in the world believe that just because they're a good person, that they're building on the rock. Being good doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Being good doesn't mean you're building a great foundation. I encourage you, be good. But being good's not enough. We need Jesus. We need to make sure that we're not just hearing the word, but that we're putting it into practice. It, 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 it behooves me. I don't know why this is, but some way, somehow, we convince ourselves that we are a good, a good place spiritually because we are religious. Because we, quote, love Jesus and we don't commit any major sins, we just conclude, I know I'm building my house on the rock. Well, you're not really going to know if you're building your house or what it's really built on until the storms come. 
And when the storms come, that's when you find out what your faith is really built on. And the storms have come, and I'm here to tell you, they will come again. And some of you right now are in the middle of a storm. And you're looking around and you're going, what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that? And really, you've got to make sure that, as he said, you've got to dig down deep and make sure that your foundation is on Jesus and nothing else. I love this church. This is a great church. But I'm not going to build my foundation or my faith on it. Because I know what I'm like and I know what you're like. And you can't hold yourself up and hold me up too. But Jesus can. Jesus told me, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will be the one there for you. I can carry that burden. You can't even hardly carry your own burdens. Talking about you want to carry my burdens. Be careful. You have to keep growing as a Christian. You have to keep making progress in your walk with God. You have to keep digging deep. And God sometimes is going to take us to a place where he's going to make sure that our faith is no longer shallow. That if you're going to make it to the next step, you're going to have to dig down deep and draw near to God and build your relationship with Jesus and find your strength, your rest, your security in God alone. He's going to make sure you go there. And that you're not just here going through the motions trying to be another good religious person. Now, Jesus set both of these parables up with some strong words. In Matthew 7, this is how Jesus introduced the parable. He says, not everyone who comes to me and says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's how he introduces the parable in Matthew 7. That just because you say, Lord, Lord, just because you say, I love Jesus, just because you say, I'm a member of the Westchester region, does not mean that you're going to heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then he goes on and says, now I'm going to show you what it's like. For the one who builds his house on me versus the one who builds his house on sand. In Luke chapter 6, this is how he starts Luke 6 off. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not what I say. Jesus wants to know. Why are you going to call yourself a Christian and not even do what I say? Why fake it? Why go through the motions? Why do you call me Lord? Let me ask you, is Jesus Lord of your life? I didn't ask you if you like him. I didn't ask you if you sing songs to him. I asked you, is he Lord of your life? Is he Lord of your time? Is he Lord of your finances? Is he Lord of your attitudes? Sometimes we don't want to have the attitude that we know we should have. But Jesus has to be Lord. Is he Lord of your actions? Is he Lord of your parenting? Is he Lord of your marriage? Do you do what he tells you to do even when you don't feel like doing it? That's a true test of whether you're a real Christian or not. 
Because I've never met a Christian who always wanted to do everything God told them to do. And if you're that person, I need to sit down and you need to come up here and tell us something. But the true test of lordship is when you don't feel like doing something and you go ahead and do it because you love the Lord, because you've surrendered to the Lord, because Jesus is not just a good friend or somebody that you say kind words about, but he rules and he reigns in your life. He wants to be Lord of all. Am I right, church? And that's a secure place to be. Jesus is Lord. That's the preaching I grew up on as a young Christian. Way before we started focusing on this discipleship stuff, it was always about Jesus being Lord and Savior. Not just Savior, but Lord and Master. We don't even like terms like that anymore. Master. Jesus is my master. He is my Lord. And he's never directed me down a wrong path. And the times I mess up is when I try to be Lord instead of letting him be Lord. I can guarantee you right now the strongest Christians in this room are the ones who make Jesus Lord. The weakest Christians are the ones who make Jesus Lord part-time. He wants to be Lord full-time. He wants to be Lord of all or Lord not at all. Secure place to be. All right? So let's go on and let's talk about two important truths from this parable. Number one, no one can build your house for you. Can I get an amen on that? No one else can build your house for you. Wouldn't it be nice if you could If you could get the benefits of someone else's actions. If someone else could diet and you get the results. If someone else could exercise and it changes your body. If someone else could go to school and you get the degree. Wouldn't it be nice? That's not how it works and it doesn't work that way spiritually. No one can build your house for you. No one can build your own, your, your spiritual foundation. What did Paul tell Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 7? He says, train yourself to be godly. That doesn't mean you don't need other people. A part of training yourself to be godly is realizing the proper place that others play in your life. But no one else can make you be godly. You have to train yourself to be godly. You have to exercise your own spiritual muscles. You have to devote the time to the Word of God, time to prayer, time to meditation, time to being still and considering where you are in your walk with God. No one else can do that for you. You've got to decide to do that for yourself. You've got to decide personally every day. I want to build my house to the glory of God. You know, I'm so thankful that in this church, we put a lot of emphasis on relationships. I mean, and I think it's important. And I want you to remember this. Jesus says, I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and put them into practice. He is like a man who builds a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. I want you to remember that. 
But one of our strengths as a church is, is discipleship. We're in each other's lives. At least we should be. And we believe in, in the one another scriptures. And the reason that we form these life groups is to practice what the Bible says about one another relationships. But also one of our greatest weaknesses is relationships. Because sometimes we get the wrong perspective on relationship. And we begin to depend too much on others to provide what only Jesus can provide. Yes, I need you. You need me. We're going to talk about that more this afternoon. But I cannot be the spiritual foundation for your life. And other people, how they do or what they do, should not play a factor in whether you're going to be devoted to Jesus or not. Too many people have walked away from the church because they were focused on people and not on Jesus. You're not the foundation of my spiritual life. Only Jesus, am I right, church? Only Jesus can be the foundation of my spiritual life. And you may lose your mind. You may do something crazy. And you may walk away from God. But I didn't come here for you or because of you. I came here for Jesus. He's got to be the foundation. And yet some of us, we struggle with reading our Bibles every day. And you're not listening to Jesus. That's why we put so much emphasis on this. So you can see your need to hear the voice of God every day. So that your foundation can be strong. Because i got news for you. I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. It is dangerous to have an unhealthy reliance on others in the fellowship. Because people will disappoint you. Sometimes they don't return your phone call. Sometimes they ignore your texts. Sometimes they see your name come up on the caller ID and they just go, not today. Not today. Today is my day off from you. My day off from you. Don't call me. Call Jesus. Because I'm tired. That's human being. You know, even church leaders disappoint you, hurt you. I know I never have, but I'm just talking about some of the other ones out there. But sometimes we get so focused on people, on who the guy is, or who the girl is. Instead of keeping our focus on Jesus, I'm not trying to downplay the need for spiritual leadership. But I tell you what, when I stand before God, he's not going to ask me who my, my church leader was. He's only going to want to know, was I good, a good and faithful servant to him? And I don't care what the church leaders do. I'm going to remain devoted to Jesus as Lord. He is the foundation of my faith. Only one person has promised to never leave you or forsake you. And you say, well, my wife did. My husband did. They're not going to be with you forever. And even there sometimes people don't even hold up that, that commitment. Jesus said to us, 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never be too busy for you. I will never put you on hold. I will never say, can you get back to me later? I'm always here for you. If we're going to be true Christians, we're going to be the true church of God, we've got to make sure we're building our faith on the Word of God and on Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's what we've got to build it on. And that's where your strength has to come from. Most disciples have their worst moments when no one else is around. You're not going to have your worst moment here at church because you know we're watching. And Kevin Finnerty will come over there and try to help you. Even if you don't want him to help you, he's going to try to help you. And so will a whole list of other people. If you start having a spiritual conniption up in here, we're going to surround you with all kinds of people who are going to try to help you. But your worst moment is not at midweek or at church service or, or life. Your worst moment, your, your, your most trying times are when you're off by yourself and no one else is around. That's when you get hit the hardest because Satan is smart. He knows when to come after you. Now, you don't go after the baby elephant when it's surrounded by all the other big elephants. You wait until it isolates itself. And he's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And you've got to make sure that when you're by yourself, when no one else is around, when it's just you and your wife at home and you and your children at home, that's when you need to make sure that Jesus is Lord. We don't really know you, what you're like at home. But the real you is not the one that we see here. See how you all cleaned up, looking good? And you go home and you put on them raggedy clothes with holes in them that feel comfortable. Those shoes that you should have thrown out five years ago. You let your hair down, take your makeup off. We ain't never seen you without that. That's the real you. And that's when Satan really attacks. And it's in that place that Jesus really needs to be Lord of your life. You know what I'm talking about? Does this make sense? No one else can build your house for you. If you're not strong spiritually, it's nobody else's fault. We even sing songs like that. If I don't get to heaven, it's nobody's fault but who? But the preachers, right? But the life group leader. But the person who studied the Bible with you. No, it's nobody's fault but mine. If I don't get to heaven, it's nobody's fault but mine. I've got to make sure I'm building my house. On the Word of God. Are you studying, reading, meditating on the Word of God every day? Every day. We need to ask people about that in the fellowship today. How are you doing? And then my last point. What time is it? Okay, I'm good. My last point. I said, my last point is every house will face storms. No one is exempt from the storms of life. 
Sometimes you face a Category 1 storm. Sometimes you face a Category 2 storm. Sometimes you face a Category 3 storm. Sometimes you face a Category 4 storm. This past week, uh, my friend, our friends, Johnny and Glormar Rivera, heard that their son crossing the highway during his lunchtime was hit by an SUV going at 50 miles an hour. He ended up in the ICU with all kinds of fractures, and they were concerned that he wouldn't make it. Miraculously, he's recovering. That's definitely one of the values of being young, because it would happen to some of us. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't have put us back together again. But praise God for the angels watching over him, because he is a disciple. And praise God that somehow he recovered. But that's a storm. You know what I'm saying? One moment, all is good. You're talking on the cell phone, telling Joseph. And the next moment, you're in the hospital begging God to, to, to save your child's life. It happens. The storms of life. Man, the rains come down and the streams rise sometimes. Here's my question to you. What storms are you facing? We've all got them, right? If, if you don't have a storm, we can give you one. We're all facing different storms of life. And as I said before, you never know how strong your foundation is until you get tested by the storms of life. And praise God, Johnny and, and, and Glory are, are close to God. They're calling on God. They're trusting in God. It's not easy. But they've got a place to go. Man, where does the world go when it goes through trials if you don't know Jesus? Where do you go when you're facing challenges when you have no answers? You don't know what's going to happen. Where do you go? Praise God we can go to Jesus. Amen? Praise God we can go to the author and perfecter of our faith. Who's been through everything we've been through? Who understands our struggle? What storms are you facing? Any marriage, family storms being faced here today? Where you're wondering, Lord, how is this going to happen? How's the, how are we going to get on the other side of this? Health storms, financial storms, spiritual storms where our character and faith gets attacked. You know, I think sometimes storms come in this category. The I can't believe this has happened to me storms. Sometimes that's where we go. I can't believe, you know, I, I was trying. I was living a righteous life. I was doing what Sam said. I was having my quiet time. How, what? Why? How does this happen? You know, Job went through that. Job's wife went through that. And Job said, look, you can't just accept good from God and not trouble. 
We sing these songs, Trouble in My Way, but sometimes we don't want to believe it. We want to sing Trouble in Your Way. Not in my way. Don't want to cry no time. Sometimes it happens. And, and sometimes we can't believe. I, I never thought that when I was a Christian, that when I became a Christian, I'd have to go through this. I never thought when we got married, we'd have to face this challenge. I never thought when we had kids that we'd have to deal with this. Hey, welcome to reality. Welcome to learning to walk this path with your faith and trust and security and reliance being only in the Lord God Almighty because anything else can be taken away from you. Man, we get so excited about some things and we don't even realize that's the beginning of our storm. Couldn't wait to have these kids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. And now those kids turning you inside out, you can't even remember their names. You're just like, you, you, over there, you know who I'm talking about. My, my, yeah, yeah, my, my your father's child. <laughs> can't believe this is happening to me. And I went through some of that. Cynthia and I in the early days of our marriage. I can't believe this happened to me. I'm a spiritual man. This can't be happening to me. No, it exposed how unspiritual I was. And praise God, we didn't give up on each other. We're doing real good right now. All right, knock on wood, right? Here's another storm. I don't deserve this storm. I don't deserve this. This is not fair. Why me? You know, Paul, he went to the Lord and said, you know, Lord, remove this thorn. What did God tell him? He said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. You're going to have to go through this. It didn't feel good. But a lot of times we're saying, I want to be like Paul. Really? Seriously? Oh, without the storms, without the thorns. Well, it doesn't work that way. He says, therefore, and for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insult and hardship and persecution. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You know, God says, my grace is sufficient. We go through stuff, but it's the going through the stuff where God refines us. And it's the going through the challenges, going through the storms, where we learn to depend and rely and trust in Him more. And my concern for so many of us is that we're here for people and we're not here for the Lord God. And so we can't handle any change, we can't handle any trial, we can't handle any transition. When God's going to keep throwing them at us until we get the lesson, it can't be about people, it's got to be about Him. Yes, this I, I don't deserve this storms. Well, why not you? Why not you? Praise God, He hasn't given us what we deserve. You know, sometimes our storms are the result of our own poor choices. 
We didn't listen to the doctor and take our medication, so I'm going through a storm. No, that's on you. You should have taken them little pills that the man told you to take or the woman told you to take. Sometimes we don't listen to godly advice. Some of you were advised not to make some of the decisions you made. You made them anyway. That's on you. Well, God's taking me through this. No, you're taking you through this. And God's still hanging in there with you. Praise God for his mercy and grace. Sometimes we don't take the way out when facing temptation. We don't listen. God says, no, don't do that. And we do it anyway. We go, well, now I'm going. That's on you. Don't blame God for every trial you're going through. You stood at the altar and said, I do. That wasn't God. That was you. Now, you better turn over to your spouse right now and say, I made the right decision. You better go ahead and clean that thing up. (laughs) That's on you. Sometimes our lives are a train wreck, not because we didn't get the brakes, but because we didn't listen to God. We didn't dig deep. We didn't build our foundation on the Word. And that's why we're facing the trials. But let me leave you with this. How do we overcome the storms? Wherever they come from. How do you overcome? It's not rocket science. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I want you to get this today. If you're going to be consistent in any area of your life, be consistent in your daily Bible study and prayer. The most radical thing you can do is be consistent. If there are 365 days in a year, you make sure you take time to be still and draw near to God. 365 days in a year, or 365 times that year. I can't make it without focusing on God every day. There are a few things Satan will work harder, brothers and sisters, to disrupt in our lives than our personal Bible study and prayer. That's why in the parable of the soul, the first soul, it says he comes and Satan comes along and takes away the word that was sown. He does not want you to be in the Word of God. He does not want you to to take time to meditate on the Word of God. That's why it's so hard. That's why we struggle with it so much, because He knows that if you do, you'll get stronger and stronger. And your faith will grow deeper and deeper. And you'll be more and more productive. He knows it. So we wonder, why am I struggling with this so much? Why can't I even get my day started in the right way? Because you're being opposed. And you've got to understand, I'm not going to let him win. I'm going to open that Bible, and if you have to, read it out loud. You know, I tell you, some parts of the Bible, I'm reading through the Bible, and I get in the middle of Leviticus and Lamentations. I, I read it along with the, the voice. 
I, I turn on the, the voice so somebody can read it for me while I'm reading it. But I'm still reading it. Because he can pronounce all those names I can't pronounce and in all those situations that I don't even understand what's going on. But I'm getting through it. Man, you get in the middle of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, you're just like, this must be the Spirit of God because it's beyond me. But I'm going to keep reading it. I'm going to keep digesting it. And I'll put a little New Testament in there so I can get something that makes some sense to me. And I can walk away with a clear conviction. But I tell you what, I don't care what happens. I'm going to open that word and draw near to God every day. Because I want my house to be built on the rock. And Satan doesn't care how long you've been a Christian. I've been a Christian 20 years. He don't care. I've been a Christian 30 years. He don't care. I'm in leadership. He don't care. He still will take you out if you're not drawing close to God every day. Keep on reading the Word. And then finally, remember this song? I'm wrapping this up. On Christ the solid rock I stand. I like this song. I like the words anyway. I can't sing it, but I know the words. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what, church? Sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath is covering out his blood. Support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. As long as I'm standing on him, when the storms come, When the torrents come, my house will remain standing because it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. What are you building your house on? Build it on Jesus. God bless. You just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nyc.coc.net